Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Danny and Dusty. All right, my rock smashes your scissors. Oh, no, not these scissors, pal. This is a uh, special titanium steel alloy. Developed by NASA for the space program. These scissors that smash your rock to smithereens. No, 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 not this rock. This rock happens to be kryptonite. With the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports. Hey, what's happening, Norm? Well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. No! The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you. No, actually just Dusty. Dusty and Rusty with you. Ciao, Billy. Danny will be back tomorrow. Yes. Officially official. Um, if you missed hour number one, you can check it out. What? <laughs> I'm assuming he makes bail. I don't got that kind of money, man. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit too steep for me. We'll go. We'll start a GoFundMe. Can you do a GoFundMe for bail money? Oh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you missed any of our number one, we had Angie Machado on BeaverBlitz.com. You can check it out on the Service Patriots podcast. Uh, Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash the fan. All right. Um, there is a. And thank you to all everybody that's watching on YouTube. You can just like go and click on old shows on YouTube too. You can bring them all up. Like uh, we're gonna be just living there on the internet forever now. It's where you can see Jeff Russ' beautiful mug right now on there. If he turns his mic on, turn your mic on. Yeah, well, keep your mic not, on. Yeah, that doesn't keep them from seeing me. Oh, it doesn't. No. Y- you control the cameras. I control the cameras. Perfect. Well, why do we have like just Danny's now. empty seat? That makes me sad. I, well, I have I have the YouTube up right now. It's just like yeah, sadness. Well, look, we have a couple options. There's the two shot with you and Danny. There's the three shot with you and Danny and me. And there's the four shot with you and Danny and me and the wide angle. And wow. at this point, we cannot substitute a different camera shot into like yeah. the two shot. So, um, and to go. everybody on the on uh, that that's in the chat here. I appreciate you guys. You guys are great. But um, except for Rufio, wow! <laughs> I kid, I kid. I can't, I can't comment. I don't have, I don't have. They don't allow me to do that. They're like, you can't. 
Oh, you might hey, be able they, to they on said, that iPad. They said, there. no, <laughs> you don't get to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, Warren Sharp, Sharp Football. Do you ever do you follow Warren Sharp? Do you, you ever look into what he's got going on there? Uh, not a ton. He, he, but I know he's that guy knows his he knows his foosball, and he gets nerdy with it, man. Yeah, he he gets real like deep in the weeds yeah, on talk, it. Talk mm-hmm. nerdy to me. Yeah, he is talking nerdy to you, buddy. But they, he has a piece up now about where has all the offense gone in the NFL. Because we are coming off of like historic runs offensively in the NFL, where points were at an all-time high. You had, you know, just the COVID year, which you kind of throw all that out because training camps were shorter. And remember, like teams are just going crazy scoring-wise. There was an average of 50, 50.8 points per game totals being scored mm-hmm. in 2000, which is kind of where things peaked out. Since then, though, we've seen it, it fall to 47.8. 43.3 and now we are at 43.4 and it's not just that it is yards are dropping too uh across the board now you have the under has hit 61 and a half percent of the time this year which is wow that seems like a lot and there's a, there's a few factors for this and there's a, actually there's a lot of factors that are going into why this is um because we do we're having more blowouts and we are having unders happen kind of counterintuitive there but what we have is one thing is there is a separation between the good and the bad that is far greater than what we've seen in years past in the nfl Mm -hmm. the haves and the have-nots across the nfl is a lot more steep than it usually is yes and one of that is because we have some truly elite quarterback play and teams have pushed all in and do not care and have figured out the ways to kind of manipulate uh, the salary cap to favor them, which also has led to teams that are saying, well, if we don't have a chance, let's rebuild and let's do this smart and let's mm-hmm. do it the right way, which I don't blame them for doing one bit. Yeah. But on the field, there's a lot more that's going on that, that you can kind of point to. And one of the things is defenses have learned like defenses are not dumb and football is always cyclical and there's a reason why they say football is cyclical because if you do something if you do something that defenses cannot figure out and it gives them problems it is a the whole it's a copycat league is 100% true we've seen it with every iteration of football I mean, it, it, we have gone through from the single wing offense to the wing tee to the power option to the run and shoot, the West Coast offense. <clears throat> we have seen the spread offense as in uh, recent, most recently it has been RPOs have been the big one, the run pass option and giving teams multiple options on plays. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time until defenses caught up and they figure out because historically that is what has always happened right and something that always happens is once teams figure out what what you do offensively you go back to the basics which is running the damn football (laughs) that will never change put a body on a body move someone and you run the football yeah okay we've always gone back to that and i think we are seeing that that pendulum is shifting i think this is also kind of ties into what we were talking about now or number one a little bit too with jim harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh's style will be the next thing that works tremendously in football. You're seeing it right now at Michigan, mm-hmm. and it translates to the NFL because he is an I formation, two tight ends, 
we will pound the ball down your throat. He is stylistically, he's adapted. He's not in, in the in in the Stone Ages with his offense. They throw the ball and they throw the ball very effectively. They use speed and they use weapons very effectively. But their bones are very traditional. And what defenses have done to adapt to the speed and playing sideline to sideline, and we see this, Oregon is a prime example of this. With Mario Cristobal, Mario Cristobal in the style they played offensively, from Tim DeRuiter to Andy Avalos, what they did defensively was they had the big pluggers, right? right? They had linebackers that were more in the traditional sense, and I think Justin Flo and Noah Sewell, right? Pro-style linebackers that'll fill A gaps and play basically A to B gaps. What Dan Lanning does is because Dan Lanning comes from a defense that plays 53 and a third, will play you across the field and eliminate a lot of the RPO game, right? Is we, We've talked a lot about the speed of the linebacker position. Well, with speed comes a lack of size because yeah. there's only so many mutants that are big, fast, and strong. Right. And they right? all go to Georgia. And they do all go to Georgia. <laughs> trying to peel a couple of those guys off. If they don't go to Georgia, they go to Alabama. Yeah. Right? Um, so peeling those guys off is, is easier said than done. But that is also what is leading to the defenses in the NFL figuring things out is they've adapted and they're now playing sideline to sideline far better. Mm -hmm. They're also capping offenses. And by capping offenses, that is the putting two high safeties deep and putting them out there and saying, you're not getting past us, right? You are not going to get past us. And when you do those two things, now we're going to start seeing football is going to start going back between the tackles where you're going to be running the ball more effectively. And also, um, you have a lot of offensive lines aren't built to to run the ball like they used to be. Like, offensive linemen aren't coming prepared. They're they're prepared to pass block. Mm -hmm. They're pa prepared to get out in space and, you know, block somebody on a screen on the outside and, and move up to the second level. But they're not built the same way that they were to run the ball like we're heading down this collision co course for, right? So when you have defenses that are capping you and defenses that are, are faster, offenses will, are always taught to, we will take what the defense gives us, which mm -hmm. is keep everything in front. And that leads to the less explosive plays that we're seeing in the NFL. It's also it leads to not more sustained drives where things can mistakes can happen or incompletions can happen. And not everybody's built like the Miami Dolphins or now again. And we didn't talk about this yesterday, but the Chiefs going and getting Miko Hardman mm -hmm. back. Yeah, that opens them up a lot. Yeah. And that's going to be a sneaky move that is not a blockbuster trade. Right. It's going to pay dividends. But he already has, already has that past chemistry with Mahomes, which he's lacking with his current it guys. It is going to be a very, very, very quick learn for yes. him to get back in the rhythm. But when you have these offenses that are taking what the defense gives them, which is everything underneath, because there's two safeties out, out top, and they're stretching you side to side, then you have a lot more longer drives. I think also what we're seeing is better tackling, too. Mm -hmm. Think of this. 2014, the NFL and USA Football started the Heads Up Tackling Program. We're at nine years now. Okay. Rookies in the NFL have never played football not knowing the Heads Up Tackling Program. 
right? Yeah. It, it's 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 less of the kill shots, and it was going to take a generation. Yeah. For for players to and defensive players to adjust to new rules and new tackling styles. Yeah. They're getting better at that too, right? So right. I think that that's also at play is that when you're taking the shorter stuff and you have better tacklers, it, it, you're not going to have as many points, right? right. So. I think all of these things are kind of playing a factor. And then also, within the rules, uh, it's not just defenses adjusting, but officials are adjusting to RPOs too. With there are, The last two seasons, we've seen more flags for uh, illegal linemen downfield than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that, that's a huge one because now the officials are saying, yeah, you guys can't. You guys can't be throwing the ball with a lineman five yards downfield, right? You know, <laughs> you're gonna have to be at or, the, or around the line of scrimmage in the NFL, not even three like you get in high school. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of factors that are going to into it, but it is interesting to see that in a league that has been built for the offense, defenses are are finally starting to push back, and it's taken a really long time for them to catch up to all the offensive in, innovations. Yeah, unless you're playing Mike McDaniel. Which is an absolute damn cheat code. Because there's one thing that you cannot teach, and that is speed. It spins up. (laughs) Spins the ep up time. That's right. Do you see the latest video with him? Uh, Yeah. The the officials came over to shake his hand. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't see? No. And he goes, he shook his hand, and he said, uh, he goes, wow, pleasure to meet you guys. Firm handshakes eye contact he's like i respect i appreciate your respect and regard and i will reciprocate that <laughs> he is just he's he is just built differently he is the anti-football football guy yeah and i i gotta say he's great i absolutely love it yeah um this text that says does this mean that we'll value the running back position once again that text on the vancouver ford text line no no they won't they'll still chew him up and spit him out yep I mean, it will be, we can use two or three guys mm-hmm. to replace you. Right. I mean, yeah. I think the work the workhorse back is dead. Hey. As far as, like, the big contract. like Right. Will those guys still exist on teams? Yeah, Saquon Barkley yeah. will still exist in the freakazoids will, will always Derek be Henry. running around. Derrick Henry's. Although he kind of broke the mold. But, but <laughs> the idea that they will be one of the higher paid players in the NFL, I think, is gone. And I think... Ultimately, what this will do is it will up the value on a position that has been devalued even more than running back, and that's tight end. Mm-hmm. Your tight end becomes this much more important when you have to run the ball more. And I think that's where we're heading in the NFL. 503-864-6326. Uh, that is the Vancouver Ford Tech Time. Hey, uh, what's going on here? The NBA is getting weird. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Stop me if you've heard this one before, us. Uh, James Harden is at it again. Oh, weird. He's back on his BS. Not at 76ers practice for a second straight day. Yeah, as supporting single moms. <laughs> He's paying college tuition across the greater Philly area. <laughs> Uh, no, he went back to Houston, um, so I guess it's in the Houston area. Um, but he has skipped another practice, and it is um, James Harden has done this now. What three times? This is his third time. Yeah, sounds about right. Where the man torpedoes his trade value, unlike any other person. Yeah. And it is, on one hand, it's quite brilliant because, like, the team that is trading for him doesn't have to give up as much, which means they're going to have all of their resources. But on the other hand, I don't understand why the Clippers want him at this point. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a very Clipper thing to do, though. It it truly is. Like, it reeks of desperation, and that is the Clippers. Because, yeah, but if if you were going to try to come up with one franchise, that would, it would be the Clippers. But this is the thing, like, haven't we learned this? And don't we know this? James Harden will turn on you before you are able to win at the highest level. Like, what more do we need to see from James Harden yeah. to know that? And, and to treat that as if it is a fact? Because yeah. every every stop that he has had has gone down this road. Yep. Whether it was Oklahoma City and he wanted a bigger role. Right. Or it was Houston and he just couldn't do it. Yep. And they did everything they possibly could and they just couldn't get over the hump. He goes to Brooklyn. Like we thought that would ever work. Yeah. Philly. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thought that this would work. Imagine who thought who really thought it was a good idea to put Harden and and Kyrie on the same team. I, (laughs) buddy. That's clearly not a chemistry major. No. Well, it's clearly not somebody. Well, I know what it is. It's a, hey, super teams work. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, but you're dead wrong on this one. Yeah. And then be like, you know who our glue guy is going to be? Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's the guy who's going to bring it all together. Mr. No. Mr. Super Sensi. No. Like it was, and this is the thing, is that he is supremely talented. He is a very talented basketball player. He's a very talented scorer of the basketball. Mm-hmm. He does things that 99.9% of NBA players cannot do. 
And that's incredible to think about. It's incredible to say, but it's true. I don't like James Harden, but I appreciate greatness when I see greatness. And offensively, James Harden is greatness. Mm -hmm. James Harden is also a liability. He's a liability in your locker room. Yep. He is a guy that he creates a lot of statistics defensively, steals mainly, but he will he will go for a steal and put all the four other guys on the floor in a bad position. Yes. In order to go and get those steals. He is a guy that it is he is the ultimate I can fix him. I can fix him. Because yeah. unlike Kyrie Irving, the James Harden distractions, they aren't the Kyrie ones. Right. Right. They aren't the ones that you can't you're like, okay, we can't get away from this. And you say, it will be different when we have him here. Yeah. Like we can control the malcontent that is James Harden, despite the fact it happened in Oklahoma City, Houston, Brooklyn, and now Philadelphia. And it it will not change people. No. He has shown you who he is. Yes, he's shown you his stripes. And it will not change. Yeah, a leopard can't change its stripes. That's right, because <laughs> leopards have tons of stripes. <laughs> Those those striped leopard and spotted zebras out there. Yes, <laughs> we all know them all too well. I it is it's one of those things that you just go, hey, good luck, Philly. Right. But then again, Philly's the same team that just hired Neil O'Shea. <laughs> Neil Neil O'Shea has been hired as a consultant to the Philadelphia 76ers. That should work out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, he's going to get another shot yeah. in the NBA, despite how it all fell apart here. Yeah, because at least there aren't any other strong personalities in the front office there. No, no. But I will give Philly a little bit of credit here on this one. One, I wish you good luck, but he is a consultant to the basketball operations staff. And as long as Neil O'Shea is not given too much power, O'Shea can provide something to a front office mm -hmm. from a talent evaluation standpoint. Um, and if you are trying to trade a guy to the Clippers, I guess he's a really good guy for that. Because <laughs> there's like two teams that he or three teams that he always traded with. He went with uh, Toronto, L.A., um, in Brooklyn. Those were his three teams that he always traded with. Yikes. So so the Clippers are one of them, though. I mean, the, so you, if you're trying to unload him, go ahead and do that. But he did... He didn't bring turds into Portland either. And I think, like, we get lost in everything that was wrong with Neil O'Shea's tenure here. He did not bring bad dudes into the locker room. And... He he did he found some diamonds in the rough at times, you know whether it was you know guys like Will Barton or mm -hmm. Gary Trent Jr. or you know going out on a limb, which helped him in Anthony Simons but hurt him with Myers Leonard and Zach Collins like yeah. and those guys never panning out, but he did he can provide a good eye for talent evaluation. The problem with Neil O'Shea in Portland was he was given carte blanche and he was given so much power and he got power hungry with that power. And when he is sixth in command instead of one and only one after Paul Allen died, yeah, 
then I guess he could bring value to your team. So good luck, Philly. Yeah, good luck with everything. I mean, I, I do find it very interesting that they're like floating this. Apparently, he was hired back in June, but now they're it's like being floated out there now. It's like, James Harden isn't coming to practice, and they're yeah. slipping it away like, hey, by the way, we hired, James, we hired Neil O'Shea. Yeah. <laughs> that went on in there. Five zero three eight six four six three two six. Maybe that's, they brought an Olshay to help get him to the Clippers. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like he, that's one of the three teams he yeah. traded with. Uh, the Vancouver Ford text line would love to hear from y'all on the Vancouver Ford text line. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, I I've given you all a small treat, an Easter egg, if you will, um, during the show. Go to youtube.com slash at ten eighty a.m. The fam. Coming up next, we are joined by the pride of Eugene, Oregon. He's a Washington State alum as well as a Sheldon High alum, and he'll be on the call for the Cougs Radio Network for the Ducks and the Cougars coming up this Saturday at Autzen Stadium. First, though, is Jeff Russ with SportsCenter. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Joining us now is a Sheldon High alum, Washington State Cougar legend, and the man who will be on the call alongside Matt Chazanow for the Cougs Radio Network when Washington State comes down to Eugene for the ninth-ranked Oregon Ducks on Saturday afternoon. Alex Brink, kind enough to join us. How you doing, man? Doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing very well. Is it? Well, how does it feel when you get to go home and, and do these broadcasts? Is it? Is it like, you know, you kind of puff your chest out a little bit more when you're walking walking through Eugene and when you're walking through a stadium that you went to as a kid? It's pretty fun. I mean, uh, you don't right like you grow up going to Austin Stadium like I did and seeing it like from all the angles and all the seats, and then you know that first time I got to go back and call the game from the press box. I mean, it's cool. Like, I never got a chance to do that. Obviously, played there. Had, you know, had not great memories from my senior year. That was a tough one in 2007. But, uh, you know, my redshirt year played there. And, 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 you know, Cougs had a good day that day. But, yeah, I mean, like, look, like, Austin Stadium's got a ton of history, a ton of history for me. It's fun to go back and, you know, know that it's my hometown. And even though we're on the other side of it, <laughs> as far as uh, the rivalry, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is really fun to go back. All right, so let's. If there's a Venn diagram of fan bases, uh, they where the Cougs and the Beavs meet, it is pointing at their coach for fourth down decisions. Um, <laughs> this, <laughs> both Dan Lanning and Jake Dickert are kind of getting the ire of their fan bases over this week because of, of fourth down decisions and and them not working out. But I think one thing that we saw this past week was it was a little bit more than just that fourth down decision for uh, Coach Dickert and the Cougs uh, in a game where they score on the opening drive and then 44 unanswered uh, kind of get hung on them. When you are 
when you were in a game like that, kind of, and it spirals out of control, what what was the crux of that? Because that was very sure. uncharacteristic of a Jake Dickert coach team or in this Cougs team over the last handful of years. Yeah, I mean, very uncharacteristic. I think we kind of went back on the broadcast, and, you know, it was one of the worst losses the team had since USC went in there and, and beat them up in maybe like 2015, you know. And it had been a long time since Washington State got beaten in Pullman like that. You know, and I think you're right. I mean, there were some decisions early, particularly offensively, around, uh, you know, a fourth and one on your own 30. Like, that's a, that's, I mean, that's obviously a risky call, especially with a backup running back in. Um, you know, but to be fair, and this is my argument, you know, briefly in regards to Coach Landing and Coach Dickert, you know, Coach Dickert faked his own, uh, faked a punt on his own like 12 yard line against Oregon State that converted, and everybody called him a genius, right? <laughs> and so, and Coach Landing's done the same sort of thing yeah. where like, when it works out, you're a genius, and when it doesn't, you're a bum. And that's just the reality of it if you're going to be aggressive. And, um, I, and I do think that sort of thing, though, it really does take away momentum from your team. And I, I believe that football is a momentum game, no matter what the analytics say. You know, if you lose momentum in a game, especially with, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds, it's really easy for those games to get out of control. For Washington State, you know, it was really some of those moments early – and then turnovers. Like, you can't turn the ball over in the Pac-12 and expect to win. It's just not the way it is. And I think if you count fourth downs over the last the last two weeks, UCLA and Arizona for Washington State, they're like minus 10 in turnover margin. You know, you're just not going to win doing that. Um, and then on top of that, your offense is struggling. Your defense is on the field a lot. Right? I think the defense eventually just got worn down against UCLA. And then as the game got out of hand against Arizona, I think it was a lot of that kind of creeping up again of just, man, we're just beat. We've been on the field a lot. So, um, you know, in all facets, Kuz got beat last week by Arizona. I would expect them to bounce back, though, you know, here against the Ducks. Yeah, and look, this offense is explosive. Cam Ward is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in a conference that is loaded with quarterback play. He is one of my favorites. But last two games, I mean, you mentioned those turnovers, three turnovers and only one touchdown, and that is very un-Cam Ward-like. What have you seen from, from the signal caller that has kind of led to these last couple of weeks where he's taken a couple of steps back? I mean, you got to give both the Bruins and Wildcats a ton of credit for the way that they defended them, uh, but what have you been seeing at the quarterback level? Because Ward has been incredible over the last couple of seasons. No, he has. And, um, you know, what, I, you know, you see through the first four weeks, you know, a lot of growth, uh, you know, where he's stepping up in the pocket, he's making throws, you know, from the pocket um, downfield, he's scrambling and getting positive yards when he needs to protecting the football, obviously. I mean, he really felt like he made some strides and then you know, kind of took a, a step back the last couple of weeks. And, and again, some of that I would attribute to him pressing a little bit, particularly against UCLA, you know, as, you know, they had two early fumbles when they were going into score. And so, you know, all of a sudden you're down to UCLA. And I think, you know, Cam Ward feels like, and he probably can, he's good enough, but, you know, he feels like he needs to do it all himself. And that leads, uh, again, to some, some throws where he's throwing across his body to the middle of the field, you know, things like that that are uncharacteristic so far. So I do think, you know, he pressed a little bit. Um, you know, I think those defenses had a good plan, right, instead of playing zone coverage and, and kind of letting Cam pick them apart. You know, a lot of – they would bring four or five guys, um, really mix up their defensive looks, get some pressure, but play man coverage and challenge the – challenge the Washington State wide receivers to beat them, and they had a hard time doing that. Part of that is Lincoln Victor, your best receiver, has been out or injured for the last couple of weeks, um, and he would really help you in those man situations. So I think, you know, I think Cam's going to learn from those last two weeks that, hey, I can't do it all myself. i got to let the game come to me. 
Um, you know, but the reality is, look, ball leaves our hand last as quarterbacks. We got to protect the football. You know, uh, you mentioned Lincoln Victor Union High School local guy here, and he got dinged up, but um, he is one of the guys that he can be the that explosive kind of game changer. Uh, working alongside Lincoln Victor, Josh Kelly and Kyle Williams, also it's kind of that three headed monster at, at wide receiver that the Cougs have there. What does Lincoln Victor kind of bring to that offense that they lack when he was uh, dinged up and off the off the field? Sure. I mean, you know, Kelly and Williams are kind of your outside guys primarily, um, can really stretch the field and make some plays downfield um, and have been great, both of them doing it. But when Victor is in there, you know, he's a pure slot guy and he's kind of your gadget guy. He can do a lot of things. He can go in motion. He can do fly sweep. But with a high school quarterback, he can throw it for you, right? Um, but really where he's great is he's hard to cover in space. And so when you're in the slot and you get a nickel guy or you get a linebacker matched up on you, um, you know, he's going to win that battle. He's going to beat you in a phone booth. And they just haven't had that. On top of that, he's really kind of the emotional leader of this team. And so not having him on the field, you didn't have that spark plug. You didn't have a guy that could, you know, pick young guys up when they fumble the ball or help Cam Ward in the huddle, right, when he's feeling like he's got to do a little bit more. And so I think it's all of it. It's, it's Victor's play but it's his emotional, uh, you know, it's the emotional factor and his leadership that will really help. Um, in the end, he's your most consistent receiver, and he can work in the middle of the field, and that's a place that Cam Ward likes to throw the ball. Brink, I, I, I need to talk to you about it because you've been a voice that has been very active on social media about it, and uh, I, I think it's it's worthwhile discussion about, you know, the, the pack 2 that is still standing where you got the Cougs and the Beavs here. What is the next step for Washington State um, in, in this realignment where – you know, it sucks the way that everything is sh- shook out for, for the Cougs and the Beavs and, and where they sit um, left homeless, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, it's really disappointing, obviously. You know, I mean, I'm, I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pack West Coast football, you know, purist. Like, I've just – I've seen it in all facets and seen the great moments and the history and the pageantry. And, you know, it's sad that it's not – it's going to cease to exist, right? And, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. I think the reality is it, it, it could have been, you know, it could have been salvaged, you know, but, you know, everybody made the decision that was right for them in that moment. And Washington State and Oregon State get left out, you know, to this point. Honestly, what I think is going to happen is that, you know, there's some very real, um, you know, I think there's very real money involved here. I think that's why there's court battles. I think that's why Oregon State and Washington State aren't just jumping to go take you know, a deal with the Mountain West right away. And so I think there's a fight ahead where Washington State and Oregon State are going to land on their feet and it's going to be okay in, in the short term. Now, long term, what's that mean? I think college football is heading down, you know, quickly down a track that they really don't have control over, right, some of these schools. And, you know, that's going to be a whole different story. But at that point, everybody's going to be in trouble except for 40 or 50 schools yeah. probably. And so, you know, I think for Washington State and Oregon State, it's about getting through the next two to six years – um, until that really true large-scale realignment happens. And I think they're going to be okay. I think there's some version of this where Washington State and Oregon State, you know, have funds that they can operate with. It's already been proven out that they can schedule if they go the Pac-2 route and, and kind of play as their own. And what I believe is that the, the country will rally behind teams like Washington State and Oregon State and say, look, we get that you guys have got left out, and we love that, and we're going to support you. And I think that's a really cool story that both Cougs and Beavs fans and players and administration can get behind and sell and be excited about. 
Um, and, and so I think it's going to be okay. It's hard right now. It's no fun right now, especially when a team like Oregon State has shown that they can play with anybody. And the same with Washington State. And not only that, all the metrics and all the all the eyeballs and viewership, all that stuff matches up to what everybody's been saying, which is that Washington State and Oregon State matter on the national scale. Yeah, and that's why it was so discouraging to to see all the ESPN you know stuff from a couple of weeks ago, and they've kind of <laughs> tightened up their ranks and and shut yeah. up about it. But it was like, dude, read the room on what's going on here, and the fact that there are a lot of fans. And one thing that has been awesome to see with both the Cougs and the Beavs is their fan bases have been motivated financially to open up the pocketbooks and start donating to the programs a lot more. I mean, that was uh, I thought those those shots below the belt to both the Cougs and the Beavs, mostly it was at Washington State for whatever reason. Right. Uh, I, it just seemed unfair and kind of out of left field. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the positive silver lining in all of it is that Washington State and Oregon State have been front and center in the national conversation. And, you know, Oregon State in particular and Washington State, I mean, to some degree, you know, have really stepped up to the plate, you know, on the field as well, right? And that helps the cause. And then it makes, you know, guys like Pat McAfee and kind of the guys at game day and the way that happens just look silly because to your point, you know, the rhetoric that, you know, Washington State and Oregon State should just like let this happen to them and like be okay that they were ever involved in power five football. It's such a joke, right? Like, you know, these are two teams that anytime they step on the field can beat you. And Oh, by the way, people want to watch that. And, you know, let's uh, uh, a school like Washington State and Oregon State the same way, but you know the pass the uh, passion of the fan base. You know that's what college football is about. Like that's why people enjoy it. They don't want to watch the NFL on Saturday. They want to watch the NFL on Sunday, but on Saturday they want to watch college football. And college football is about teams like Washington State and Oregon State, um, and that's why they deserve a seat at the table. Last thing before uh, we let you go: Is there anything that you guys don't do at Eforce now? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you name it, we can do it, man. <laughs> I mean, you guys are in every sport now, and if, if you don't know, uh, eForce training, it, it, every sport uh, they got you covered uh, in youth sports. It, it's, it's awesome that you guys are putting so much effort and resources into the community here, and it, it's paying dividends when you see the level of high school athletes in in Oregon, Southwest Washington, that you guys are helping out and turning out. So uh, I always appreciate it, man. Um, thank you for the time, my dude, and we'll see you this weekend down in. Eugene and uh, have a good call. You and Chazanow, the 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 pipes of the of the Washington State Cougars. You guys are going to be down there, and uh, I look forward to seeing you both. I can't wait. I appreciate it. We'll see you down, in Eugene. All right, there he is, Alex Brink, color analyst for the Washington State Cougars. Uh, look, this Cougs team, it has been different the last two weeks, and we talked with Angie Machado in hour number one about Trent Bray and that defense and how they settled into that second half against Washington State and maybe gave a blueprint to everybody else. I will say, if anybody is taking Washington State lightly, don't do it. Because their two losses that they have, they had that 38-35 win over Oregon State where secondary in the second half tightened the clamps on, on Cam Ward. Is it a blueprint? I don't think it's a blueprint to beat Washington State. You got to have phenomenal execution. And the two teams that have beat them since the Cougs uh, pulled off the 38 35 win over Oregon State are UCLA and Arizona. UCLA, which has the best pass rush maybe in all of college football, Mm -hmm. definitely in the Pac 12 with their ability to get home and be disruptors up front. Mm hmm. 
And then you have Arizona, which has been playing some of the best football in losing efforts over the last three weeks. It's incredible yeah. what they've done. You know, they, they beat Washington State, but they lose close to USC. They lose close to UW. They've been playing re- – Jet Fish has got those guys playing really good football right now. Yeah. I'm afraid Washington State is going to come out with their hair on fire. I think they're going to – I think they are – fired up after getting their butts handed to them by the Wildcats. And Oregon played a physical game that came down to the wire, emotionally draining, emotionally charged game, physically draining as well in a rivalry game. And then you you can get lost in the sauce when you're looking at a team that has lost two in a row, isn't ranked anymore, is licking their wounds. They're a dangerous animal, man. And remember that game last year up in Pullman. Because that game... The Ducks escaped with a win yeah. in Pullman last year. Now, is Oregon better uh, defensively, especially, than they were a year ago? Absolutely, 100%. But remember, they got dinged up at the end of that game against UW. And in the second half, we did not see Jalil Florence return, even though I did see Jalil Florence on the sideline ready to go. I think Triquiz Bridges just played well enough to where they didn't need to put him back in the game if they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't have to at that point. Yeah. But Kyrie Jackson dealing with the shoulder injury, having multiple of them, I can tell you that you can get through it that day. Yeah. Really is a, a slog in the, the days after because it tight everything tightens up, and as it feels that your muscles are tightening up, those ligaments aren't, and your shoulder can pop right back out. So I don't know if his did pop out necessarily. All I saw was that they put him in the tent and he came out with like a tape job around his shoulder. Yeah. That's all I saw. Man. <laughs> As we all did on TV. Um, 503-864-6326. That's the Vancouver Ford text line. All right, let's get to the worst day on the web. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. That sucks. All right, it's now time for our worst day on the web. And I feel like we need Danny here for this one in particular because Danny does petty better than anybody, right? He, he too loves the petty Olympics. He are, yes, he does. He's our petty king. Yes. And I love him for that. Because he will not forget. Yeah. He's like an elephant. Yeah. He's like Jonah Hill in Superbad. People don't forget. Yeah. It was third grade. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> um, but it has been well documented. Just go look at his Twitter feed. Yeah. Danny's back and forth with people of Miami and media members in Miami mm-hmm. uh, throughout the Damian Lillard saga. Uh, can we like just rename that like the Damian Lillard trade crisis? Like (laughs) it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis, but Damian Lillard's trade crisis. (laughs) It was it was a very long and uh, contentious back and forth that he had with members of the Miami media. So I feel like his takes would be very heated on this because he one hates Miami media, but two loves Mike McDaniel too. Yes. Okay. I love Mike McDaniel. You love Mike McDaniel. Yeah. This show, pro-Mike McDaniel. Very much so. Well, McDaniel got into it with a reporter today. There are some folks who believe that 
many quarterbacks in this scheme with you as the coach, with Tyreek and Jalen, would excel, would flourish, would be near the top of the passer Raider leading MVP candidate. I'm about to push this podium over. Um, <laughs> my, my answer to that would, would be who the F cares. I've coached stuff a long time. I haven't seen um, people do what our guys do. Don't try me on other players. I was not, I'm not trying to prove that. I love Mike McDaniel. And what a stupid question to ask a, a coach. It's like, hey, you guys are really good this year. But do you know people are saying that any quarterback could do what Tua's doing? <laughs> and he's just like, who cares? It was it, it fins the F up? Is that is that what Mike McDaniel's all about? It's fins up. <laughs> fins the F up time. What are we talking about? Yes. What are we talking about? You want to sit there and say, like, this is, this is so dumb. Anybody could do this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do I think that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL could throw to wide open Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle butt-ass naked in the back of the end zone? Yeah, they probably could. Right. But what's the point of that question? Do you want him? Do you want Mike McDaniel to say, "You're right. I'm a really good coach." Yeah. <laughs> do you Give me want all the credit? Do you want him to say, "You know what? Now, yeah, Tua is not very good. You're right. You know, now that you say that, yeah, Tua <laughs> is not good. No, that's his guy. Yeah, it, it's his player. He, if we know one thing about Mike McDaniel, he's going to ride with you. Mm-hmm. He's a ride or die type. I just. Those questions get me every time. <laughs> and, like, I think the media gets a bad rap. And then questions like that happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, no, uh, That's why the okay. media gets a bad rap. Yeah. 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 And I don't know who that reporter was, but I know Danny would know. Because Danny would have, like, voice recognition out on his phone and be like, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. That's that's my buddy Barry Jackson or <laughs> whoever it was that he kept getting into it with. That would be one of them. That is, well, yeah, there's one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but... Hey, let's be better. Uh, the worst day on the web. Also, I have a a myself as a part of the worst day on the web. Ooh, yeah. During uh, breaks, when you're watching on YouTube, mm-hmm. you can just it just one camera just shows in silence, nothing. Yes. Yep. I really need to go outside and finish eating before I come in here because, <laughs> like, I walked out of the room and I came back in and I looked over at the monitor that has the YouTube feed on it, and I'm sitting there like eating. I don't like watching myself eat. There's no way that anybody else likes to see me eat either. Oh. So I apologize for that. Either that or I'll bring like everything in here and I'll show you exactly what I'm eating. Listen, there's a fetish for everything. For $5.99. <laughs> per month. Minimum 12-month subscription. Yes. You could tune in to watch Dusty eating some Domino's pizza. This is the 1080 The Only Fans. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Hour number two is in the books. Hour three starts with our picks against the spread. Let's get it. Danny and Dusty on the fan. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.